Welcome back to Consumering. I'm your host, Rachel Martin. Consumering is a podcast for investors and brand builders looking to gain a deeper understanding of their consumers, the people who invest in them. Every week, I interview a different type of consumer to talk about all sorts of topics ranging from their shopping habits to social media habits and much, much more. No topic is off limits. Let's get started. Quiet in the back room, please. On today's episode, I speak with Kamika Dempsey about digital detoxing and what triggered her to do Phone Free Saturday. While she's only done one PFS, after her conversation, I think there will be many more. I, on the other hand, am still on the fence. Here's her interview. Thank you for joining me today. Welcome to Consumering. Um, And I'm always so excited when I have people like actually in the podcasting room because I'm always (laughs) like over Zoom or Skype. So it's actually nice to be in the physical presence of the other person. It's exciting. Yeah. So today I have Kamika and I will let um, she'll introduce herself in a little bit. But um, we're going to be talking about digital detox. And I really want to talk about this because I've noticed uh, just a trend on my on the gram, um, all of my, all of these social, all the influencers that I follow, I've noticed that they've been taking these digital detoxes. And that's kind of a bold move because their numbers go down and then that impacts like what brands are going to be that want to work with them. But they, so I started to notice that like influencers are doing this. Then I looked outside and I saw CEOs are starting to do that. So I wanted to understand like why and what sort of the journey, what sort of triggers people to take that detox? What are the challenges and what are the rewards? So I think like first to define what a digital detox is, it's um, and like I looked up the formal definition and I think it's like different for everyone. But the formal definition is a period of time during which a person refrains from using electronic devices such as smartphones or computers. And it's regarded as an opportunity to reduce stress or focus on a social interaction in the physical world. So yeah, let's, <laughs> let's talk about you and why, why you decided to take a digital detox. And I guess just before, before we get into you, I'm also interested, like I've tried so many times to take a digital detox it's really hard. Like I have it on my phone right now where I can only use social media for 10 minutes a day, always bypassing it because you can easily do that. Um, so yeah, but first introduce yourself. <laughs> tell, us, tell us what you want to and um, tell us why you started your digital detox. Yeah, so uh, first of all, thanks for having yeah. me. This is so fun. Yeah. Uh, so I'm Kamika Dempsey, and I'm the founder and CEO of KD Leadership Strategies. And essentially what we are is a boutique HR consultancy, and we focus on what I call the three C's, executive coaching, consulting, and then classroom experiences. So that could be leadership training. Uh, I do a lot of work on unconscious bias and diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um So to answer your first question, you were asking why I decided to do a digital detox. And first of all, I learned about your digital detox 
on social media. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So I decided to do a phone-free Saturday. That's what I called it, a phone-free Saturday, about a month ago. And what drove me to do it was just I felt like there was so much noise in the world. And I was getting to this place of overwhelm. As an executive coach, I talk a lot to my clients about noise. How do you actually decipher what information is important, what information is urgent? And I think at that moment, I just thought, gosh, there's just so much coming at me. I need a break from all of it. My phone, entirely. No strange. I think the other thing is there's also now this... um, I don't know if you want to call it a trend because I hope it is a trend and that in like most trends it dies. <laughs> but there is now an exorbitant number of these robo calls from strange oh, places. God. So between Li- the Lithuania, ro- <laughs> that's <laughs> my number one. Lithuania and Tanzania yes. who call me at very obnoxious hours. Yeah. Uh, so between the robocalls, the Twitter, the news, the Facebook, the emails, uh, it just, it's a lot of information. And I just wanted a break. And so I thought, you know what, on this particular Saturday, I had a bunch of things to do, but it was pretty structured and it was pretty clear where I needed to be, what time I needed to be there. And I wasn't relying on my phone, right? So the reason that I primarily use my phone is to be able to be reachable in in an emergency. The other thing is, you know, knowing my schedule, right? Those are the primary reasons for me to have a smartphone. Everything else is nice to have um, because actually I try to get into a habit of checking my email at specifically determined times throughout the day Mm. as opposed to constantly checking email. Um, But we can talk more about that later. But essentially all that noise was what then drove me to say, you know what, I just need quiet. And so on that particular Saturday, I said, you know what, I'm going to turn my phone off entirely. So it wasn't even that I was giving myself a break from social media or whatnot because I actually did that. Um, I I participate in Lent each year and so I did that and actually failed uh, <laughs> during during Lent this year. I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> <laughs> Where I said, okay, I'm not going to use Facebook uh, for the weekend throughout the period of Lent. And I think I did it probably for the first, you know, two, three weeks. And then I just forgot because it, it I, I should have put it on my calendar actually is, is what I should have done in, in hindsight. But This phone-free Saturday, I said, you know what? I'm just going to turn the whole thing off. And if I don't need the phone, I'm actually going to leave it home, and I'm not going to take it with me. Wow. Uh, And it was incredible. (laughs) Didn't you feel naked? (laughs) I did because then I thought, oh, I would love to listen to music right now. And then I remembered that I have a Kindle, and I just read. (laughs) Wow. Let me me just take a moment. (laughs) But what about, like... What about the time, I guess, on your Kindle? Like I had the, the time on my Kindle. I have a Fitbit Versa okay. watch, so I really didn't need it. I yeah. just didn't need it. Yeah. I just didn't need it. It was amazing. I highly recommend it. I'm yeah. going to do it more, actually. Yeah. So, so tell me. So, first of all, I guess, like, going back to this noise, were you... 
how were you like interacting with the noise at first like when did it become like when did you notice that it was like too much I've noticed was there sort of like a tipping point I think for me it was just sort of that day like I can't even anymore and I'm a pretty cool calm and collected person I have incredibly low blood pressure generally (laughs) I'm so calm my doctor often jokes are you alive um and so I'm usually pretty calm, but I think that Saturday I just had enough. And I think it was probably a confluence of seeing stuff in my social media feeds that, you know, sometimes the news these days just feels so polarizing. It's either this or it's either that. And it's so extremist in some ways that it just became, ugh, I bet you I don't have to participate in this is what I thought in my head. And I thought, well, why don't I just go ahead and give it a shot? But I've been Mm -hmm. thinking about noise generally for actually quite some time. So I used to work at BlackRock and uh, the late Charlie Halleck, who was um, the the COO when he passed away, uh, but essentially BlackRock's first hire, was talking about data all the time. And I remember talking to him once and him saying to me, you know, there's just going to be more data in the world than we can ever possibly consume. So you better get good at, at filtering. And I think that we are very much in the midst of there's just too much data. I think there's too much content everywhere. There's mm-hmm. too much content on social media. There's too much content in terms of television, media. And how do you filter through that noise? And so yeah. part of what you know I think about is what are the filters that I need to apply um, in, in my own world to, to get clarity? I think the other thing is that the noise makes it harder as a person who is needing to be viewed as a CEO who is also a thought leader, who is also an expert in a, in a specific area of expertise. The noise foggies up my ability to be in touch with my own ideas and have clarity and I don't want that and so what I found through the digital detox was that it was so easy to understand what my opinions were on certain things Mm. and what my own views were and what my own thoughts were and I think the other thing that's really important is that um, the, the spirit of creativity that I have in my life whether that's through creative pursuits like art and music and that uh, those disciplines, but also in terms of my thinking. And when I think a lot about world trends and business trends and technology and artificial intelligence and machine learning and all of those things, I need to come up with consistency around my own thinking. And when there's everyone else's opinions and thoughts and and such coming at you. You don't know what's yours. You don't know what's yours and and what's everyone else's. And so I don't want to be, I I care, this is very strange. Um, I care a lot about intellectual property. Yeah. And I don't want to be viewed as a plagiarizer ever. Yeah. So I want to just make sure that I, I have white space. Yep. Yeah. No, that's really, that's great. So just just going back to sort of, so I think there's, yeah, there's this um, reason for detoxing because of like 
noise and just wanting to come to grips with your own thoughts and being able to be creative. But I think there's also this reason for just, yeah, wanting to, and maybe they're fairly similar, but like wanting to live your own life. And I think like for me, um, for me, I've tried to do social detoxes because I felt like I was just living someone else's life and or or not even not even living their life but just like finding myself insanely jealous of like oh this person's on vacation and I want that and then here I am just like sitting at home and wishing for that and not actually like living my own life and so I think there's like also that aspect for like something that's very important to like that's when you need to take a social detox a digital detox as well it's like when you're just like yeah you you stop living your own life and you're just like following how other people are living um and I just started to notice that even like you know I have two kids they are so good on phones and I'm like oh shit like (laughs) they are picking this up from me and this is really scary um So I'm just wondering, was there ever, like, that aspect for you? And it's okay if it wasn't, but... Well, you know, in in reflecting upon having this conversation, I thought about, well, what are the things that I learned from doing this phone-free Saturday, right? I just kind of... Phone-free Saturday. I kind of love it. Yeah. Phone-free Saturday. Maybe we should start a Mm -hmm. hashtag and maybe it will go viral. Yeah. Phone-free Saturday. Leave your phone (laughs) at home. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so, you know... The lessons for me. Hashtag about your experience. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, I think I learned three things. So the three things that I like to say or think that I learned um, was that I had lots of time to think freely, as I already mentioned. But the other thing, the other two things were that nothing urgent happened. So remember, I said the reason that I needed my phone was for an emergency and then to know my schedule. So I had time to think freely because I knew my schedule. And so therefore, when I was not occupied with something to do, I could think freely. And then the second thing was that nothing urgent happened. But then as a result of that, what I discovered about the question that you just asked in terms of living my life was that I was able to let go of this fear that I did not realize that I had since my father passed away. Mm. And... You know, my father had a stroke 10 years ago in in November of 2009, and I always slept with my phone Mm. within earshot because I always needed to be available and I needed to be able to be reached. After your dad passed well it it started in 2009 when he had the stroke right so he had the stroke and then I was in the hospital with him and then I was in the rehab with him and then you know he went home and and so on but it was this fear that I took on that then made my phone be glued to me and I remember being at work and being in social situations and apologizing profusely for to people for having my phone in my hand Mm -hmm. because I just had this fear Mm -hmm. and he passed away in 2011 unfortunately uh may he rest in peace Mm -hmm. but I didn't realize that so much of my phone still being in my hand 
was from that two-year period of apologizing to people needing to be available. Because when my father died, I actually did receive a phone call to tell me that he had passed from the hospital. And so when I did phone free Saturday, I realized, oh my gosh, this is where this is coming from. And Mm -hmm. I've been afraid this whole time. Wow. So that was a pretty monumental emotional discovery yeah on phone free saturday yeah and what was that what was that feeling like of like sort of letting i mean have you let go of that fear or i think i've reframed the fear yeah and i've reframed the fear because my mom is still alive Mm -hmm. she's disabled and so i still need to be available But I think as a coach, I often talk to my clients about the urgent, important matrix. And for those of you who may know, Eisenhower, President Eisenhower, that is, came up with this urgent, important matrix that then Stephen Covey talks about uh, that people use to prioritize things. Mm -hmm. And what I realized in Phone Free Saturday is that, um, sure, my mom is disabled. She's here with us, thankfully, still. But everything is not going to be urgent with respect to her. And so I have good systems in place. I'm a responsible person. I I know where she is, what's happening, what's going on. That barring some, God forbid, very unforeseen circumstance, she's fine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And It's the same thing that I work with my executives on all the time, which is really trying to think about how do you prioritize what's urgent versus what's important? How do you parse out, you know, time for yourself to really think about the big picture ideas and reframing the fear was absolutely necessary. And I didn't know that I needed it. It was almost like, I kind of coached myself. Yeah. <laughs> and I say that with a question mark intentionally right. because as a coach, you don't really coach yourself. But <laughs> Absolutely. it sort of felt like, hmm, there's a there there. Yeah. Yeah. Was there ever a sense of... So another thing I've noticed personally is this feeling of always being connected to my phone because I want to feel important, you know? So it's like, ooh, I got an email. (laughs) Oh, it's a newsletter, you know? So it's just like, I think, yeah, there's that that level of, um, ooh, who's trying to get in touch with me? And um, when I have had these moments of, um, you know, unplugging, I'm able to spend time with, like, people in real life, you know, it's like, I don't need my phone to feel important. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's just like, a, I feel like another sort of like category and another reason for, for those digital detoxes is like people needing to feel needed, um, feeling, wanting to feel like import, like they're important. Someone, someone is going to get in touch with them because they're needed. Um, so yeah, 
It's interesting. I think about that from two perspectives. So one is as an entrepreneur and then one is as a person who early in my career got a piece of feedback that I wasn't responsive enough. And I think I swung the pendulum on the second when, you know, I hear, oh, you're not responsive enough. Uh, I then wanted to be over responsive. So I remember working in an organization um, and being known as the person (laughs) who would email back regardless of what time it was. Oh, <laughs> it's not really good brand management, mm. especially as one's trying to get more senior in one's career. But there were probably not that many people that knew that that behavior was largely driven by being given a piece of feedback early on that really stuck with me and that I, it actually bothered me. Yeah. Um, who wants to ever hear at least, you know, type A overachieving person that I am uh, who wants to hear that they're not responsive right so that was kind of like oh so you've shot me in the heart now I am never gonna not not respond Mm -hmm. (laughs) even if I'm thinking I'm gonna tell you I'm thinking yeah (laughs) I'm not gonna think and then get back to you I'm gonna tell you I'm thinking I'm gonna go back to thinking and then I'll get back to you when I have thought (laughs) whatever it is that I've thought right right which actually is incredibly inefficient and so I think that a lot of where some of my wanting to connect constantly is driven by that. And I have definitely, you know, now as an entrepreneur, I have a different, a different frame of reference to it. Again, I think also, you know, the career maturity that I've experienced in my life thus far, uh, I've just come to the reality and the conclusion it's not reasonable to just make people feel like they can be responded to all the time. It's actually okay. And I try to not give my clients advice that I wouldn't take and or use myself, which is go back to the urgent and important matrix. Is it really urgent? Is it Mm -hmm. really important? And if not, then it can probably wait and it's okay. And so therefore I don't have to check email. I have not checked email today since this morning and guess what? It's okay. Are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) But I think the other the other element of being an entrepreneur is the the challenge that I find with the digital detox. And, you know, I said I will do phone free Saturday again, and I have not yet decided what the cadence of that will be. And part of that is because as an entrepreneur, I'm struggling with the balance between being plugged in, being ahead of the curve on things, being bleeding edge being responsive to clients, to potential clients, et cetera, balancing all of that with the need to also simultaneously have white space to think and to strategize and to figure out, okay, what's next with the business? Is the business and is the company, is the organization moving in the direction that I want it to move? And if I don't, as the person who is the decision maker for the organization decide to make time for that, then it's not going to happen. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to get caught up in this hamster wheel of being bleeding edge and responsive and, you know, a thought leader, but that's not going to go anywhere. So, you know, that's a really difficult struggle. And I think coming to entrepreneurship from coming from, you know, fortune 100 companies, the challenge is that working with the C-level executives that I do and their senior executive teams and so on, 
is they have a much larger staff to help them with this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they may have a chief of staff or they may have a COO or they may have somebody whose job it literally is to collate the most important articles from whatever the periodicals are that they consume, whether it be New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Financial Times, or what have you. I don't. Yeah. So I have to be thoughtful about the ways in which I'm going to spend my time. And I Mm -hmm. find that that's the struggle. And I think smaller organizations, so not just, you know, entrepreneurs like we are, but I think smaller organizations generally struggle. The senior leaders do struggle with this. How do I balance the intake of information versus this need to actually go offline a bit and connect with myself, connect with nature, connect with people. Because quite frankly, that's the other thing, right? Like you got to connect to people. And I think this, this thing about feeling important, well, aren't you important if you don't know anyone? (laughs) Right. I think about you know, the 2 p.m. stroll that I used to be notorious for doing when I worked in large organizations. Uh, and it was largely so that I would not succumb to the afternoon lull yeah. <laughs> when one gets sleepy. But I became, you know, sort of known as being a social person, um, even though I'm highly introverted, because I was just taking a walk. Right, right. And how do we do that? How do we incorporate taking a walk and just connecting yeah. with people? I think, you know, there are lots of young folks now who don't have such great social skills as a result of, you know, to your point, being so great on phones and devices from such an early age. Yeah. What is it like to just literally sit in a sandbox with someone that you don't know? Yep. Yeah. I I think I think there's that and there's also just being bored. It's okay to be bored and not have to be constantly just like entertained with a device so there's also there's like that balance yeah i actually read an article i think it was this weekend or maybe it was last week that uh they've done some research and boredom and actually quiet enables you to enhance your memory skills so Mm -hmm. if you feel like your memory is starting to fail you which some of my overwhelm, f- which was then the impetus for phone-free Saturday. I have I have a photographic memory, so uh, lots of my friends say, oh, don't tell her anything. She has the <laughs> elephant memory, and she will <laughs> regurgitate it back to you. That's actually true. Uh, but part of it was I was feeling like, okay, but I can't remember up from down right now, and the need to just kind of create some space to remember what the heck was going on in life And this article actually supports that, but then actually takes it further and says that you can actually form new neural pathways in your brain if you give yourself quiet. Mm -hmm. So I think that's an important lesson for everyone to remember and hang on to because if you feel like you're struggling with your memory and it was very interesting that you know I don't want to go into the gory details of this article but I found it so fascinating that um, there were a bunch of patients that they did this with uh, who had varying degrees of dementia and Alzheimer's and people were able to remember Hmm. because they had quiet 
That's interesting. So why do we like so much noise? (laughs) I actually said to a friend earlier today that I wish there was a quiet car in the New York City subway system. Oh, my God. (laughs) Will there ever be a world (laughs) that happens? Doubtful. Doubtful. Yeah, and I think think there was a time um, with with my kids where I was like constantly like they need to be entertained I need to be singing and dancing and sometimes I do but um but then I realized like no they need to learn to be bored and just like figure it out like entertain themselves and now they're like actually really good at it so they're not the kids that you know they they have never had they don't have an iPad and so that when we go out to dinner it's like they're either staring they don't like talking to us they'll just like stare <laughs> at other people but I'm like okay that's fine like at least they're observing other people and whatnot but anyway so yeah it's true boredom, though I would say that boredom. boredom is well perhaps not I don't necessarily look at it as boredom um but just now like, but quiet it's quiet and it's peaceful. just the ability to let your mind wander and I think that yeah. It's actually the reason that I'm good at what I do as an executive coach, because I honed my observations as a teen. Mm -hmm. Literally, I had an assignment from a theater teacher who told us to create characters and we were supposed to go and observe people and then create a life and a story for those people and then come back and then be that character that we had created. And we had to, you know, do a whole uh, story about them and create a persona, et cetera, et cetera. And that gave me incredible power of observation, but also the ability to listen and to use what I call my spidey senses. Because I'd just go and sit in the mall. Yeah. And watch people. Yep. And it was fascinating. And I wasn't talking to anybody. I would just sit with a notebook and just jot down so much of what I saw Mm -hmm. and what I heard and what I experienced and the smells and you know, what it was like to see people who had lost their child momentarily in a mall. You suddenly see a parent go from being joyous and loving and excited to being the most panicked individual and the tension in their body completely changes and their ability to move completely changes. And they become so limited by that fear and that hysteria. Um, But that was all brought to me because of spending time just not doing anything other yeah. than watching and listening. Yeah. And using my senses. Yep. That's great. So going back to phone free Saturday. Woot woot. <laughs> what was your day? Like take me through what did you yeah, what did you do? Yeah, so I decided to do it in the morning. Uh, and then I said, okay, so I have some things to do. So I had, you know, typical Saturday errands and typical Saturday errands for me, uh, tend to be some stereotypically girly things. So I I actually got a manicure and a pedicure and read on my Kindle. Uh, I also spent two and a half or so hours at the gym and it was lovely. Yeah. I was unencumbered by who was posting on Facebook. I didn't check in at the gym. I didn't, you know, I wasn't 
trying to share with anyone that I was at the gym, mm-hmm. but I had this glorious time at the gym. Uh, I walked around a ton, and it happened to be a nice day, so the weather was amenable. Uh, I walked around a bunch. Uh, I did a little bit of shopping as a result of walking around. Um, I went to Brooklyn, so I live in Manhattan, and going to Brooklyn is sometimes a big thing. (laughs) (laughs) I went to Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, I actually ended up catching up with a friend of mine from high school who we went to high school, college, our first job together. But then she was with someone else that we went to high school with randomly. And so it was almost like this live reunion thing. And I just felt so energized by the entirety of the experience. Mm -hmm. Um, Largely because there was no phone. Yeah. Were there any moments that you were freaking out or were you pretty okay with it? I think I probably had phantom phone because like I told you, I left the phone at home. Uh, So I think phantom phone for me is like phantom limb. So for people who don't know phantom limb, they say that when one has a limb or partial limb uh, amputated, that there are times when the person feels as if the limb is still attached, even though it's not. And so there were moments where I thought I had my phone and I don't know if it was just out of habit. It had to be out of habit. I would pick up the phone (laughs) or go to pick up the phone that wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I think there was probably, I don't really remember very specifically, but there was probably a moment where I thought I lost my phone or left it someplace. Uh, And that was probably when I was socially hanging with my friends later part of the day. Um, than anything else, but I wasn't freaking out without it. I was kind of like, oh, yeah, oh, I left it at home. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I don't have it. Yeah. And then, so when you came home, mm-hmm. you turned on your phone. And nothing was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so Shocking. Shocking, I know. I know. Nothing was wrong. Nothing happened. Yeah. Thankfully, no one died. And by the way, I also have a landline. I think that's the other thing. I have a landline. So if it were truly an emergency, the people who need to know, know my landline. And the folks in Lithuania and Tanzania, thank God, have not been calling my house. Yeah. So actually, it's fine. It's totally fine. Yeah. Any tips for, you know, like if someone wanted to do a digital detox what would you what would you say just do it yeah and if it feels like it's hard maybe you're not going to start out leaving your phone at home that first day like I did uh, because maybe you have I don't know some reason to carry the phone with you Um, give yourself so as an executive coach, I'm always telling people, make a SMART goal. So a SMART goal is one that's specific, measurable, actionable, time-bound, and, you know, realistic. Um, it's, it spells out the acronym SMART, even though I just said it in the wrong order. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I would say do exactly that. So my tip would be do it. 
but then also make a smart goal around it. So say you're going to do it for a day and know that you're going to do it for that day. If you can't do it for the whole day, do it for a period of time. Create some accountability around it. So for me, the phone free Saturday was totally my accountability was posting it on Twitter. So, mm-hmm. you know, the quote unquote universe, if you will, of Twitter and Twitter followers um, at KDLS says BT dubs <laughs> uh, was really just about that. It was just, okay, so I'm going to put it out there so that I know that I did it. I am more likely, as most people are, um, likely to do something if I write it down, if I put it out there. Uh, if you handwrite versus type, by the way, that that is better. The statistic is that it's actually you're 94% more likely to do something once you write it down. That's amazing. Yeah. That high. That high. Wow. That high. Uh, so do it, right? So <laughs> just write it down. Do it. Choose a time. So if you can't do it for the whole day, say I'm going to do it for six hours, whatever it is, put it out there and then just see what happens. Yeah. And then I think the other thing is once you do it, reflect. So for me, the lessons that I talked about earlier, you know, those threefold lessons were really useful and they, they helped me to want to do it again. Mm-hmm. So if you just do the activity and then think, oh, wow, that was really great. That was really cool. Mm, okay, maybe you'll do it again. But I think the reflection and really thinking about, okay, so this is the thing that I learned from this or these are the things that I learned. You know, hopefully most people will like me have more than one positive benefit of doing it and Mm -hmm. then we'll want to do it again yeah and then you'll write it down again right because now actually that we're talking i'm thinking about him having girls weekend uh this weekend coming up with with some friends of mine out in fire island and i'm thinking hmm i wonder if i could do phone free saturday phone free sunday maybe even phone free friday at the beginning it's not stressful once you do it i promise yeah. At least it wasn't for me. Yeah. Maybe I can't really promise for you, but I think that you'll like it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you f- so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This Loved is so fun. Loved having you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in today. If you're looking to connect with your customer or even figure out who your customer is, email me, rachel at remcalinsights.com. If you like what you hear, please, please, please rate, review, subscribe, and share. See you next time on Consumering.